Well, welcome to Your In-Depth, where we walk through, usually, and break down our favorite fictional universes. Uh, with me is uh, Gerbil Burrow, and I'm Jacob. Hello. Um, we, so, usually we do walk through the episode. I usually take notes, and I do like a, you know, kind of, well, a walkthrough. I narrate it as we go along, and Evan interrupts me and stops, and we break down a couple spots. But um, as I we're going to do something different, because the premiere mm-hmm. for the Ahsoka series had just... Uh, come out two days ago at like, what time was it? Uh, I think like it was yesterday. Nine Eastern. Yeah, it was definitely Tuesday because I it? stayed up late Tuesday and watched it. Oh, I totally missed it because I watched the first episode Wednesday morning. Well, did you watch the second episode? Yeah, I watched that okay. uh, cool. last night. No, I think I watched that this morning after I got off work. Gotcha. I see. Well, either way, um, this episode we're thinking is going to kind of take the place of our normal discussion, like, because usually when something new in Star Wars comes out or something we want to talk about, often I'll call Evan on my way home from work and we'll end up chatting about it. Well, with this, we have not said a single thing about it, (laughs) and uh, we've been holding off because we want this uh, recording to be that discussion, because often, I don't know, it's just... We're trying something different. I don't know how it'll be. Um, we'll probably maybe eventually still walk through and break it down like normal, but we thought we'd just do something a bit different now. So that's what we're doing. But um, I have pointed out a couple of things and wrote them down. So I have some notes that I'm going to refer to, but it's nothing like what I used to do mm. um, or what I've done before. So I guess without uh, any before holding before jumping into our normal discussion that we have in the same format you still <laughs> freaking do something <laughs> i know you, you're about to jump into our, our actual conversation no i was just gonna say uh, <laughs> like i guess let's get on with the episode is yeah. basically where i was going which oh, i guess okay. if we want to do something beforehand what um normally we do you know any sort of news uh oh yeah when we're covering lord of the rings lord of the rings <laughs> news, a while. Covering star wars we do star wars news um i have seen a few things um I don't know if it's out yet. I haven't really been up to date on it, but I saw they're doing a season two. Was, was it two or three of the Acolyte series, or not Acolyte? The um, Visions. Visions, yes. Yeah, I don't I saw know about a new season for Visions. I don't know if it's come out on Disney Plus yet or not. I'm not sure either. I didn't even watch the first one. Honestly, I yeah. saw an episode or two. It was just kind of like, is yeah. entertaining enough? But I, it's not really my thing. Um, and then also I had seen a few things on, um, some new star Wars movies in the works. Mm -hmm. Um, the one I saw the biggest, you know, the most news about was, I guess they're planning on doing another movie, uh, with Ray as the, I don't know if she's the main character in the movie, but she's going to be coming back as kind of like a, uh, truthfully what I think they should have done with Luke um, with make you know starting a new Jedi temple and trying to rebuild the order, um, yeah, and whatever conflicts come with that and and what she deals with, mm-hmm. um, as I'm sure the listeners know, not a big fan of the sequel trilogy uh, <laughs> myself, um, but I'm kind of hoping the producers of this new movie. I think they've got like two or three in the works. I'm hoping these producers uh, take what feedback and negativity they got from the sequel trilogy and do something better because i will say i do think ray skywalker could be a good a good character like a a really good character to follow and 
and all that, but they just need There's to do potential it. there, but what we've seen better. so far, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. but I definitely potential. Yeah, I, I could. And it sounds weird to say, but I could almost see using Ray almost as kind of like a Yoda type figure where we don't follow Ray, but she pops up to advise this Jedi or that Jedi. Here oh, and there. gotcha. I could see not, them, I could so see not equivalent like to Yoda, but looking right. at his use and his character in the movies, right? And not, shows not that like kind of figure. the power of Yoda and all that stuff, and the right. knowledge of Yoda. Right? I get what but you're I, saying. I, I could see maybe if they do something like um, use her as they use Yoda, as this is the Grand Master that pops up here and there to offer you know words of wisdom and advice sure. uh, from their own journeys and experiences and their use of the Force, yada yada yada. Um, yeah, that's my hope for this new movie that they're working on. I don't think there's a release date yet for it, or even a release year. Um, but I, I just, I do remember seeing several things about it. Um, so I wanted to mention that. Okay. Um, I thought there was another movie uh, mentioned, uh, some droid story from Takawa TD or whatever his name is. I'm not familiar, uh, but I, I haven't heard much about it. I thought there was just something yeah. that works, but anyway. um, and the last thing as well, this is not uh like an update or news of new star wars stuff but it was something i saw recently that i thought was kind of interesting to hear and it was yeah. dave filoni uh he was talking uh doing an interview right and he brought up you know canon versus legends um mm-hmm. star wars stories and whatnot and <clears throat> it kind of cracked me up because my my brother and i talk about it all the time star wars you know we're both big fans and um, he's always referring back to legend stuff, you know, books and comics and all that kind of stuff. And, right. You know, uh, and I'm always like, well, yes, that's legends, but we're talking canon Star Wars here, you know, not legends. Uh, <laughs> and it just cracked me up, though, because Dave Filoni was talking about this and, and he said he had a conversation with George Lucas at one point um, relatively recently, you know, probably the last five, ten years. Right. So relatively recently. And. Uh, according to George Lucas, the only canon Star Wars that is that is out there, at least while he was still in charge of you know Lucas Films, and even as Disney's now, you know, in charge of Lucas Films, um, the only canon Star Wars is the movies and the TV shows. None of the books, none of the comics, none of the games are yeah. canon Star Wars. Yeah. So so I like even. Based on what George Filoni, or sorry, Dave Filoni said, there is not even like Jedi Survivor and Fallen Order are canon. According, yeah, to and that. I feel like those games, though, I've always kind of been skeptical on mm. if they're considered mm. to be. Um, but like the comics, I, mm. I figured those were, but that's kind of an interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, Dave Filoni did comment on it as well, saying that like yes, those are all legends, but. He and his team that he works with, you know, there in Lucasfilms and all the Star Wars stuff, they like to see what the fans are saying online and, you know, like the Reddits and, you know, uh, like YouTube and all all those places, Instagram, Twitter, whatever else. Um, And they'll take some of the legend stuff and pull it into canon based on what the fans like about the legends, what they don't like about the legend stuff. Yeah. So some of that legend stuff does get pulled into canon. Like, um, I think the big one was like the Sith Oath, you know. Um, when um, what's his name plays Darth Maul in Clone Wars? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Sam Witwer. Yes, thank you. When Sam Witwer 
introduces that into canon Star Wars and the Clone Wars. Uh, they they pull some stuff like that and introduce some of the legend stuff. But that was just another thing that I thought was really interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes I, sense. I, didn't know I just before. never really thought about it, I guess. Yeah. But, huh. Well, um, what were your thoughts <laughs> on the Ahsoka premiere? Um, <clears throat> episode one, I... <laughs> I have oh, overall. I thought it was very good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I am a big Ahsoka Tano fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Season one, especially. <laughs> Been a while since we uploaded. I have to include a pedo joke. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, I am a big Ahsoka Tano fan. I think she is a phenomenal mm-hmm. character throughout Star Wars. Uh, let's be clear. Wars. I do agree. I just I just <laughs> mess with Evan a lot because like she's what fourteen in season one. I just I um, say because you've said before like in Rebels and stuff you're like you know you're just like I I am in love with Ahsoka. I'm like okay yeah but Rebels dude she grows up and like obviously you're talking yeah. about the <laughs> the older version. Um, but either way I, I do um, I do like her character. Yeah, a lot, and you know I, I've. I loved watching her in Clone Wars. I thought she was a phenomenal character. She definitely, in the beginning, I'll agree, because there was a lot of hate for Ahsoka in the beginning of Clone Wars. Um, but then there was, I think there was like a four-episode kind of arc for Ahsoka where the producers worked on her character and, and made her a lot better. Um, you know, I loved her in Rebels. She, I think she showed up just as much as she needed to, and, you know, it wasn't overplayed, and it didn't, like, cast shadow on the main characters of rebels i thought she was phenomenal in that um and then when we got introduced to her in uh the mandalorian for her first live action appearance i thought it was a great you know appearance as well it showed um kind of the ruthlessness she can have uh not being part of the order anymore and i think it definitely added to her character and now this show i think is just building on that even more um and I, I really do like what they've done with it. I think, uh, I don't remember if I kind of commented on it or not when we were covering Mandalorian when she appeared, um, but I like their actor choice for Ahsoka. I think she mm-hmm. fits the, the choice very well. Um, I think she does a lot of credit to the character. Um, I loved seeing Sabine Wren appear in live action yeah. as well. And... Um, uh, General Sindula, Hera Sindula. I like mm-hmm. seeing her. Um, and I do also like they had the, um, the little hologram of Ezra's last of message Ezra, yeah. to Sabine. Uh, I thought that was a very nice touch as well. Yeah. I, I will say one thing that I was a little bit disappointed in. Um, yeah. Because season three Mandalorian, we got a little sneak peek at Zeb. Oh yeah, and he appeared well, in Mandalorian for for a brief I mean, second. For a brief yes. second, it was you know it was like it it was one of those things that like they didn't give the character a name in in the Mandalorian. They didn't say that is Zeb, right? But he's the only Zabrak we have seen, other than uh, was it what, what's the master's name in, in Fallen Order? Oh, ooh. Uh, I don't remember. I I can't remember his name, but those are the only two Zabraks we've Gerald, seen. Gerald DePaul? No, yes. that was the. Was that the master or was that the so. dude that you're pursuing, like trying to figure out no, he's got the holograms and stuff? 
I don't remember now. I don't know. Either way. Uh, but it's yeah, we, we've only... It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> but we, we've only seen two Zabrax in any recent Star Wars stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like, who else can that be? And then obviously the voice, because uh, he does talk for that brief five seconds or whatever it is in yeah. Mandalorian. You're like, okay, that's Zeb. You know, right. I, I was a little disappointed we didn't get to see Zeb um, up here. Uh, but I mean, also, this was only the premiere. Right. I mean, you can't. I don't know. I, I know that like. Um, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is the premiere. But I mean, even in the second episode as well, we don't see Zeb. Right. You know, um, um, which I was a little upset about. You know, I was kind of hoping to see the whole crew of the ghosts, even if they weren't all in the same place at the same time. Yeah. I was kind of hoping to see the, the crew of the ghosts all, all you know, in the show, at least in the first and first or second episode in some yeah. capacity. You want to know the part that I enjoyed the most? What's, uh, let me guess. Uh, Chopper. Yeah, <laughs> I love that, dude. I love it. I love I love Chopper. I love the. um <laughs> how like he's like uh. searching around and it's just like, you know, as, as she's flying, whatever, yeah. I think it's, that's in the second episode, yeah. but um, I just, I love his, the, the goofiness they chose for that droid. <laughs> also something I did look into and I was trying to figure out was timeline of this mm-hmm. because like, obviously I, I always, I figured it was around the time of the Mandalorian and looking into it. Yeah, it, it is. It's um, because here's the thing though. What? Or, or sorry. No, go ahead. Cause you might actually say it. Go ahead. Yes. So initially I was like, well, maybe it's shown beforehand. And actually there is a spot where I think it was before because there's a a scene in it um, at the end of episode two where it lines up right in line with the end of Rebels. See, that's the thing. There's the parallelism. Parallelism. Right. But at the same time, I'm not sure because the uh, Morgan Elsbeth got saved whatever from the mm. two new villains um she got saved but she was captured in the mandalorian season two and that's yeah. why she's on that ship <clears throat> so that in that episode that she was in takes place in 980 y which what or yes because 980 y is right battle correct of... it's, it's after the uh, battle of yavin so yes, it's after yes, the fall yes. of the empire yeah so um, i'll say this both episodes of Ahsoka yes. are taking place after the fall of the Empire. All events. Correct. Which but, means the yeah. final scene of Rebels yes. takes place after the fall of the Empire. They do a big time jump yes. for the final, final scene of Rebels mm-hmm. all the way to this moment. And that's like how you said we see the, the, the same scene um, at the end of Rebels, as we see in episode two of the yeah. Ahsoka show. Um, so that was something I noticed, and I thought that was pretty cool, just thinking about it mm-hmm. and trying to figure out. That means also, though, that from the point of Ezra disappearing till now, it was 10 years. Mm. So, you know, he's he been gone for a while. <laughs> that's That's a yeah. lot of time to be yeah. like... <laughs> so also thinking about the motivation behind Sabine being like wanting to find him, like obviously everybody there that like is wanting to search him had, mm. you know, obviously they had a, a deep connection, but like 10 years, 
right. to still be like, find this guy. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and like if you, if you wonder as well, disappeared, though. if you disappeared a year from now, I'm like, he's dead. <laughs> Thanks. Know, like, I, I would give up. I'm just saying. But that makes me wonder, though, um, what efforts have been happening since Ezra disappeared up until this moment to try and find him? And that's another interesting because I wonder the way Rebels ends right before the yeah. Ahsoka show came out. Um, it implies that Ahsoka and Sabine are leaving immediately to go find Ezra. Yeah. You know, yeah. but now with the Ahsoka show out, it shows us that no, they waited till after the Empire fell, and after all of the events that we saw in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, you yeah. know. To actually leave and go try and find Ezra. Which, to be fair, though, obviously a lot of efforts probably took place right. to get to this point to be like, let's go find him. <laughs> guaranteed is because they actually have a direction to go. They have new evidence to be like, I think this way. We need to go and chase these guys to get the coordinates to go. Um, right. I think that, you know, it's like. They probably mm. I mean, they probably made a lot of effort, but it's like. What really could they do? They don't know where he went. You know? <laughs> right. Um, one thing that I th I had the initial thought when I watched the episode for the first time is when Ahsoka is at that old temple, when she mm -hmm. first finds the map, right? Yeah. And it shows the the figure standing off behind her. I right? do have an, uh, a comment on that as well, but yeah. My mind instantly went to Darth Vader. Why Darth Vader? Like, I know Darth Vader's well in debt at this point, right? But it Wait, just... Wait, what figure are you talking about, actually? It's the, the, the droid. Oh. Where you can't tell it's a droid at first, because it's so far back. Oh. And they have that somewhat similar shaped head to Darth Vader's helmet, just, just in the outline, not in actual, like, when you see the face huh. in its entirety. You know? But my mind instantly went to Darth Vader. Ahsoka's having some sort of vision of Darth Vader. She's, you know... Because, like, we see that in Rebels, we see her confront Darth Vader and, and fight him. Right. Right. And so my thought went back to she's in an old temple. Right. She just found this map to someone that she really cares about. and She wants to find him. Mm -hmm. um, she, for however long, thought her master was dead, only to find out that he's actually this villain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so my mind went old temple, Jedi temple. Someone that's been gone for a long time that she misses, Ezra and Darth Vader. Or Ezra and, Ezra and Anakin. Or are you saying like a lot of parallelism? Yeah, there's a bunch of parallels going there, on okay. in my mind was, that I was piecing together. And so it was like, okay, Ezra and Anakin, she misses, she probably misses both of them. She wants to find Ezra because she found Anakin, but found out that he was bad and she had to fight him. So she wants to maybe try and fix that and do something different. And this is all the yeah. things going on in my head as I'm seeing the scene. Right. And but then, also, sorry, uh, I, don't, I don't mean, I, you know, I kind of want to cut you off, but I won't go keep going. <laughs> and then my mind just went to like, when Anakin in episode two is having his dreams about his mother, right? Mm -hmm. And then Anakin in episode three having dreams about Padme, both of them dying. Yeah. Well, death has been a big deal for Ahsoka all these years. And so all these things were pinging in my head. And I was like, she's she's having like a hallucination or a vision or something oh. of Darth Vader. Just right. like in the Obi-Wan, in the Kenobi show, we saw Obi-Wan having a vision or having a a hallucination of yeah. Anakin standing off, standing in the distance. off in the distance. Right. Yeah. 
And so it's it just in my mind because they brought Hayden Christensen back for Kenobi, you know, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they brought him back for Ahsoka. Yeah. You know, and so like all these all these little dots were connecting in my mind. And so I was like, Darth Vader. And then it was a droid. And I was not going to lie, a little upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, So you saying that about the parallelism, but there was also a lot of other elements to this that I was like, wait a minute. For example, <laughs> the two quote unquote Jedi mm. approaching a ship. They're yeah. there to, yeah. you know, there, there's the the commanders and stuff kind of skeptical but also like oh, okay there's distrust um and then obviously instead of uh very parallel well, to to phantom menace right but also obviously uh things went a little bit differently yeah um <laughs> just, just but <laughs> between that the hallway mm. scene um with bale and skull doing mm. you know he's he's fighting yeah. and stuff um you know rebels uh wait i wrote rebels i meant mandalorian and mm. then like rogue one you know well, that's typical well that matches like mandalorian it matches rogue one and even a little bit into phantom menace as well yeah as oh. qui-gon and obi-wan are fighting through the hallways actually the yeah as well so it's just fights that there. take place in a hallway yeah that's all it is. <laughs> and, and, then it, and then it parallels with this episode of Clone Wars and this episode of Clone Wars and this episode. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, uh, but it, it is a very uh, common thing they like to do in Star Wars. You know, the hallway yeah. Jedi fight scenes or force user fight scenes is a fairly common right. thing. You um, can even make the argument that it parallels to Revenge of the Sith with Anakin and Obi-Wan. You, you know, <laughs> no, but because it was fighting rebels, I also, that's why I wrote rebels because mm. I was talking about the individual yeah. look obviously they're new republic now right but like yeah, that's they still got like it. the bucket helmets um you know yeah they do something else that i i noticed was that when ahsoka went into that puzzle room mm. it reminded me heavily of jedi fallen order with a zepho mm. you know, you've got these like ancient kind of yeah beings and this kind of like cryptic like i don't know all this stuff it was kind of interesting to me i'm kind of curious more on like what mm. those figures are that she saw in that my initial it, thought it is, it is a map to an ancient or, or a far away civilization you know yeah so it's kind of i don't know my initial thought when she was in that temple and she found the map mm -hmm. was the father the son and the daughter Ooh, that was my initial thought there were three yeah the depictions didn't quite look no. like it but just the, the, the idea the, yeah the depictions sense. didn't line up but th that's where my mind went to initially yeah. and then after i saw them a little closer up and realized that's not what it is my mind went to um the episode of clone wars in season six where yoda goes and he meets those strange force entities in episodes mm. in season six of the clone wars just towards the end right you know, and they've got like the different masks with the different expressions on their face or on their yeah. masks. That's yeah. where my mind went to next. But then there's like oh. three of them in, in where Ahsoka was in the temple, whereas I think there was five in, in the Clone Wars episode with Yoda. Yeah, that I, I didn't even think about those. But obviously, yeah, with the number of them, it doesn't quite yeah. make as much sense. But, <laughs> but um, th that's where my mind went. Both there was, places with that uh, that scene. Did you pick up even on... Um, it was somewhere around the beginning. The transition between scenes made the same sound as like earlier episodes, shows and whatnot or, or, or movies, but also Lego Star Wars. Mm. 
when you translate tra- like go between different uh, mm-hmm. rooms there's this sound that plays and it was mm-hmm. it was in it and hmm. it just it like was an instant hit of like nostalgia but no, I, I didn't I tried, pick up on that i tried finding it and i can't <laughs> so i don't know yeah but it was um, um that was kind of cool to me um something in the first episode I wanted to bring up was Governor Azadi. That was really cool on Lethal to see mm. Clancy Brown. Yeah. Right? yeah. Brown, yeah. To return as him because he played Ryder Azadi in in Rebels. And so now mm. you have him um there. And I that kind of led me to kind of piece things together because I don't know if anybody listening has listened to for a while, but anytime there is a voice actor or anything that has extensive work, I kind of nerd out a little bit trying to see what else has <laughs> been in. And Clancy Brown uh, has been in a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, but a lot of Star Wars, too. Uh, he isn't by any means new to Star Wars. In 2002, he was in the video game Bounty Hunters. Um, he played a Mandalorian character named. Montrose, I think. Um, but he was the Mandalorian turned bounty hunter who competed to be the template for the clones with Django Fett. Mm-hmm. So obviously a video mm-hmm. game, that one. It's not canon, but it's kind of cool right. that he was in it. Um, <laughs> also, he voiced Savage Oppress, as well as a few bounty hunters, some Mandalorians. He played Berg, the big red Deveronian dude in uh, Mandalorian. Mm. And uh, as well as the Inquisitor in Tales of the Jedi. So that was kind of a cool thing. Obviously, also Mr. Krabs. um, And (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I I recognize him whenever I see him in a movie or anything. I recognize him from Starship Troopers. Yeah, he was in that. That's 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 the one that always goes off in my mind when I see him in a Mm -hmm. movie or a show is is Starship Troopers. Yeah, something else. I don't know if you noticed this in the. in that scene, in that same one where mm. uh, Governor Azadi is like talking and they're celebrating, and then he has a you know a few words from General or whatever General C- Sabine Commander, she, I think Commander. Okay, it, I don't know whatever it was Sabine, and you know she's not there, um, and he's looking around for her, and he turns and asks a senator, right, to stall. Yeah. Um, yep. Did you pick up on who this was? Uh, no, I did not. He, uh, had him, it it was Senator Jai Kel. Jai Kel was one of the Imperial cadets when Mm. Ezra was in that academy for a little bit. He was one of those. Okay. And he ended up, uh, you know, is he the one that Ezra escapes with? I don't recall if he's that one or if he's just one of the other ones, but he, he does help Ezra and they're in communication and he kind of, I think, I think maybe stays back Mm. and is like a spy for a little bit. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but he, he was in rebels and he is a, he was an old character and I I thought that was really cool. Um, speaking of this scene though, too, um, we're looking for Sabine He's looking for Sabine and she is freaking bolting down the highway, (laughs) which leads me to a sponsor. (laughs) 
Sunday, 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 Sunday at the LaFall Highway Turn Drag Strip. Watch Sabine Wren break the sound barrier in her 614 ABA speeder bike. You're not going to want to miss this. Grab your friends, grab your family, grab your loft cat. You don't want anyone to miss out this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So. Nice. You want to know a uh, fun fact about when I recorded that? What? So I get off work at 4.30. I wrote it at 4.15, and then on my way home, <laughs> read it <laughs> in my car. <sighs> so I was just driving along. I turned down the you know background noise and just freaking screaming in my mic. Um, so fun thing there, but that, that was today's ad. It was low effort. Don't judge me. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I, I did think that that was cool seeing Jai Kel. When we do see her go back home, it is in Ezra's old home. Yeah. And it, I thought it was really cool seeing a live action Lothcat. Mm. That was neat. <laughs> um, but also the. She's not. Okay. So let's talk about the villains. Okay. Let's just go into that before I say anything about like kind of what happened, because I don't think like, what do you think they are? Like, um, obviously, they're not inquisitors because Vader's gone. Right. And I'm not fully convinced that they're Sith. Well, see, here's the thing. One of them that, obviously though. is a former inquisitor, but. Right, because it's not because when you say villains, right, we think uh, I, I think of the two. Um, I, I'm. Gonna draw two with the lightsaber, right? And I'm gonna draw a blank on their names for a while now. Nail and Skull, and I don't remember the <clears throat> the girl's name. I don't even know if it was ever said. I think it was said once, but yeah, it was. Um, it was not very. Yeah, that's th- those are the two I think of when when I think of the you know the when you say villains as well as Morgan. Obviously, you know she's gonna yeah, be a big yeah. part of this as well. Um. But there was that fourth one who had the what looked like Inquisitor outfit on and and still had the Inquisitor dual lightsaber right. going on. You know, they could spin and all that. Um, I, I do oh. like that the guy, again, I'm going to draw a blank on his name. Balin. Um, I do like that he was a former Jedi that survived Order 66 and survived all this time. Um, and it, it, I think it very well fits into the event's after Order 66, you know, the Jedi Purge and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it, it would make sense that there's still Jedi out there in hiding, even though the Empire has fallen, you know. Yeah. And, and it would also make sense that some of those Jedi fall to the dark side. Uh, like a, a one that falls to the dark side in the books, in one of the books, is um, Quinlan Voss. Mm-hmm. You know, he survives Order 66 and he falls to the dark side and him and Ventress have a whole thing. Uh, and then she dies saving him, which actually somehow brings him back to the light. Uh, mm. <laughs> you know, um, so and so yeah. it makes very, very much makes sense that this fallen Jedi would show up. What, six, seven years after the fall of the Empire? And mm-hmm. he's not a Jedi anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Oh, and with they- that. Sorry, with the I do want to say I do love that they brought the the droid back. Uh, Hu, Hu Yang, Hu Yang, yeah. I, I love that they brought him back and he's chilling with Ahsoka. I absolutely <laughs> love that as well. I also love who they chose to voice him. 
because it is David Tennant. He is a British actor, mm. I believe, but he was for sure in um, Doctor Who. He was the 10th mm. Doctor, and he was always this kind of just energetic, like, yeah. goofy dude. And I loved, I absolutely loved yeah. his version of the Doctor. Uh, I, and, I love that show. Yeah, but and, and I, I bring him his, up because we're talking voice. about Balin, and uh, Hu Yang is the one that recognizes Balin's lightsaber. Right. And, yeah. and that's how we learned that Balin used to be a Jedi before he says anything. Right. Uh, um, but yeah, Balin Skull... Uh, the Inquisitor's name is Marok, and then the other girl is Shin Hati. Mm. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, we got mm. Mor- Morgan Elspeth. Yeah. Um, so, um, what and, I thought... Go. Yeah. Nope. Go ahead. Just one thing I loved, and I find really interesting with Morgan Elspeth, is that she says she was a night sister. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting throwback and I'm kind of like wondering, I'm like, Oh, okay. Obviously not many of those left. Right. Um, there is one, if you want to consider Jedi survivor as canon, you right. know, there's her. Um, and then there's now Morgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know of any others because everybody, I mean, they got right. wiped out. I mean, arguably mother Talzin's still out there somewhere, you know, Yes, she could be just because of what we see in the Clone Wars um, and her quote unquote death. Right. Yeah. But it's this weird thing and weird night sister magic. Um, I'm not convinced she's dead, dead. Hmm. You know, I don't know if we'll ever see her pop up again, but I'm not convinced she's dead, dead. Yeah. So I, arguably there's three left <laughs> Yeah. somewhere out there in the, in, in the galaxy. And there may be more, but this is just, right thinking but um so my thoughts on them though obviously the one is a former inquisitor you know that that's pretty obvious mm-hmm. with his lightsaber and or her lightsaber we don't know um right. but I, I do wonder still if the even a former inquisitor because i mean the inquisitor still might be a thing part of the remnants true. of the Empire. i mean they know? were kind of I'm loyal sure. to vader though that was kind of his thing right and he's dead i don't know but the thing that I thought was interesting was I don't know if these guys are, I don't think they're Sith. Obviously they're, they're not good. They're kind of, right. You know, they're leaning towards bad, but like, they're definitely dark Jedi. They, yes. And if anything, that's what they are. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting is Balin obviously was a Jedi. Once the order fell and stuff, it just kind of seems like there's elements of him and, and how, just how they compose themselves. And then also, did you notice that I forget her name? <laughs> Something in Shin. Uh, Shin? Is it Shin? I haven't Shin. His, hey, his look, apprentice. <laughs> yeah, his apprentice has a Padawan braid. Mm. Did you notice that? I didn't pick up on it. Hmm. Um, well, um, she does. I mean, she definitely and gave so, me that kind of like creepy Sith vibe. She you know, did, like that but dark, also like uh, creepy, mysterious Sith vibe, whereas Balin did not. Right. You know, like Balin gave me that vibe of like a survivor of Order 66 just trying to get by in the galaxy. Yeah. And that's, that's the that vibe is, I got. I, from I would him. agree with that. With her, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely get that weird, creepy, like ambitious kind of like mm-hmm. evil. But at the same time, I also kind of have this like, somewhat of a confusion but also like a learner still yeah 
but obviously still bad. Right. But um, I don't know. I'm just I'm I am definitely intrigued by the villains in it because like they are kind of more. I don't know. They're not like just super bad Sith or like hardcore alliance with Thrawn. Mm. You know, it's just kind of this interesting difference. But I don't know. Who knows right. what they are? I just um, well, and, I thought it was like weird. Sith in the past, whether we visit Legends or Canon, right? You look at like Darth Maul, Savage Press, Palpatine, Darth mm-hmm. Vader. You go back into Legends, you look at Revan, you look at Junta Paul, or not Junta Paul. Um, I'm trying to blame the guys. It's something similar to that. But you look at like uh, Tulak Horde is one from Legends. Um, Malak, uh, all these different Sith from Legends and Canon. They're all brutal mm-hmm. and like relentless and you know heartless and just obliterate everything in front of them to get to their goals and you almost pick up on that immediately with them you know it's like like there's no questioning what they are but and and mainly with balin you know and and this show not for me at least not so much with his apprentice but with him i don't get that i am an evil sith that wants to rule the galaxy and destroy the jedi from him Right. From him, I get like, I get like a, uh, he truly believes that Thrawn is going to be best for the galaxy and that's going to bring peace or that's going to be the best thing. Like, it's this weird thing of like, it seems like he's a dark Jedi. Like he still, I almost wonder if he still has part of his Jedi still in him, you know, like the good of for the people, but he's turned to the dark side to an extent um, mm-hmm. to try and achieve that. He almost reminds me of like a Count Dooku. Yeah. You know? Yeah, where he's just so driven by like what he believes. It's right. his true belief that he's not like giving into hatred. He's not doing these right. things. He's just, uh, he's he's got principle mm-hmm. and he's got where his where his yeah. stuff aligns and that's where and, he's and going. That's like, his beliefs. If we look at Count Dooku, Yes, he sided with Palpatine and, you know, part of the Clone Wars, all that all that stuff, right? But unlike every other Sith, he never gets the Sith eyes, yeah. right? Now, realistically, the reason is because uh, Christopher Lee couldn't deal with the contacts, you know, to give him the Sith eyes. But, uh, you know, that that's an actor thing. Mm-hmm. But canonically speaking, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he doesn't have the Sith eyes because he never fully gives into the dark side. Right. You know? He just leverages it where he needs it. Right. But- Really, and pretty much just yeah. It it, ob- it obviously has detriment on his body, you know, using the dark side because that's what the dark side does, regardless of how much you use it. Um, but he never fully gives in and goes full Sith eyes and just obliterating people left and right and you know uh, all that stuff. Now, obviously, he commands his droids to do that stuff, but that's war. You know, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, but he himself never, from what we've seen, does that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and Balin definitely gives me like a, a Count Dooku vibe. Like it, I, I think of Balin, I and I think that. he's gonna do what he has to to achieve his goals. But I kind of get the feeling that he's not gonna do anything extra. Mm-hmm. Like he's not gonna kill these fifty prisoners over here just because he's evil and he can't. Yeah, he's not gonna rip people out of their homes in the middle of the street just to make a point. <laughs> right. Like we saw in Kenobi. Yeah. 
you know, it's like now if they're rebels, you know, and, or I guess New Republic, and that he's been fighting against them, he might execute them as you know, war, you know, war, yeah, you know, prisoners of war, what have you. Sure, but I don't think he. So far from what we've seen, and granted, it's not a lot. <laughs> yeah, and and really, by any these means, two it's episodes. Not a lot. These two episodes were rather <laughs> slow, yeah. but it did cover a lot, and I felt like it was a. I, I felt like it was a very strong kickoff to the show. Yeah. I thought it was good. He um, he just has like a but, almost like a yeah. tamed fury to him. Sure. Whereas like your Darth Vader's and your Palpatines and your Darth Mauls have yeah. no tameness to them. Right. Now, like Palpatine obviously has patience, but there's no tameness to Palpatine. Whereas yeah. Balin definitely gives me a feeling of like a tamed fury. <clears throat> like I wouldn't want to fight him because if you fight him, he's probably gonna whoop he's probably gonna whoop your ass. You know, I definitely yeah. get that feel from him. Yeah. But it's like, if you're willing to sit down and talk with him, I almost get the feeling like he's going to sit down and talk with you. Whereas, yeah, like, he's, the rest, he's no. Darth Vader's just going to break your neck. Uh, Maul's just going to throw his lightsaber and kill you. Palpatine's going to electrocute you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, because we're talking about Balin here, I want to point out that that is the actor that passed away. Hmm. Um, he's okay. the one who died. Yeah. Um, so that I've seen him in a lot of other things. And I, I mean, it's easy once like somebody passes away to be like, oh, it's such a loss. You know, like right. it's like you don't freaking know them. <laughs> you know, it's like you don't it's not like they're your your father or something, you know. Right. But I liked him. I liked a lot of I mean, there's I don't think I've ever seen anything where he's been the main character. But like, you know, it is it's like, ah, crap. Right. Like he, I liked him, um, but he, he is the one. Cause I mentioned that to you, but prior mm. to seeing this, you didn't watch any trailers or anything like that. Mm. So when I was pointing that out and I'm like, oh shoot, Ray Stevenson died. It's like, you don't know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, it's him. Gotcha. Balin. Um, oh, there was another parallel or a, a mirror, if you will. Mm. Uh, I don't know how you want to phrase it, but with Shin, whatever her name is, uh, Padawan, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Her, the probe droids. Yep. yep. Back to Phantom um, Menace again. Right. With her scoping out the area, um, searching well, out it, for Sabine. It cracks me up, too, because not only is it a parallel to episode one, Phantom Menace, it happens in episode one of Ahsoka. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of kind See, of cool that they do. Episode they one of that. Ahsoka did have a lot of parallels to Phantom Menace. Mm. I thought that was really cool. Because, like I said, with the, the Jedi coming into the ship and yeah. you know, all this stuff there mixed with the literal same transition. Um, this there's, I want to say another one in the first episode, but I don't recall what it was. I almost um, think there's somewhat of a parallel to Sabine and Anakin. Maybe from Phantom Menace to episode one here, just kind of like the, in the sense that, like, Ahsoka first goes to Hera with the map, right? Because she's yeah. like, Hera's going to figure it out. She's going to get it done, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. You know? But then it almost seemed like Ahsoka didn't think of Sabine, and it wasn't until Sabine was pointed out mm-hmm. that Ahsoka's like, she might be the answer to this. Just like mm-hmm. in episode one, you know, no one thinks anything of Anakin and, and Phantom Menace until Qui-Gon 
takes his midichlorian count and sees his work with the with you know working on droids and his reaction time and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, okay, this might be the one with the answers. This might be the one we're looking for. This might yeah. be the one to get it done. You know, and so it just kind of made me think of like Sabine and Anakin. Their potential is not realized until it's pointed out by someone or something. Someone and Sabine with you know Hera pointing it out. Uh, someone pointed out, and then something pointing it out, you know, Qui-Gon taking the midichlorian count and seeing it on his little, you know, device that he has. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of made me think of, like, I mean, obviously they're not exactly the same by any means, but, like, yeah. I think there's some similarities. Um, I mean, I, I think that what you're saying there, like, I, I get that. Obviously, there's not a lot of similarities, but that being, like, just kind of the structure of mm-hmm. how people viewed them, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, right. I can kind of see where you're coming from with it. Well, and it's um, even like because Qui Gon first goes to uh, what's his name, Watto, in Episode yeah. One to get yeah. try and get the you know their hyperdrive fixed and all that. Right. And it doesn't work, and then he has to turn to Anakin. Whereas Ahsoka goes to Hera to get the map, and that doesn't work, so she has to turn to Sabine. And so I mean, it's it's just small little things like that that I don't think a whole lot of people think of that just kind of. In the back of my mind, you know, connections are being made, lines are being mm-hmm. drawn from this point yeah. to that point. So something else that I wanted to get your thoughts on, because I heard this um, kind of reasoning today, and I don't know how I feel about it. I really don't. But in the end of the first episode, um, Sabine goes against <laughs> Shin, whatever her name. I Hold on. Uh... just I'm going to make sure her name because I keep forgetting it. I have a couple thoughts on that whole scene. <laughs> let me let me double check the name. And there's another close. parallel right back to episode one, Phantom Menace. <laughs> yep. Um, where is it? Uh, yeah, Shin. It's it's Shin. That's her name. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Freaking get stabbed, but. And, and, and a lot of people are like, why is everybody getting stabbed? And the only person to die from it is Qui-Gon. <laughs> and so now I have a potential reasoning to that. And I don't know how I feel about it. And I wanted your thoughts on it. Okay. But first off, obviously with Sabine's, it's off to the side. We can tell immediately that it's it's not going to be lethal. It's just, you know, it's just mm. the location. Location, location, <laughs> location. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody else that has been stabbed, uh, we have Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. We have Reva. We have Reva. <laughs> <laughs> we have Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. We have Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh. I'm probably, there's probably more, but... Uh. Everybody, well, aside from Han Solo, but he also fell. Right. So, like, anyway, the reasoning that I I was, uh, that I heard was that those that survived were were Sith, primarily. So they were fueled by hate, similar to how Maul lived. Hmm it kind of has these weird like elements to it that are unnatural because of how much they're giving into it and how much they're hating. 
Right. I don't know how I feel about that being the reasoning for a little kid surviving. Right. He was a Padawan. So that's I, the only exclusion. The other two, maybe, but I, I don't think. Plus, plus they weren't just, in a place. They weren't in a place with Qui-Gon where he could get immediate medical condition or uh, uh, attention. And he just, he was there and he, he had learned how to like, live amongst the you know right. like out in the force so with that too he was not afraid of death he was like oh okay uh, you know i'm fine fine with going right so there wasn't a fight i think there's some counterpoints to be made with that though yeah because um, there's some things with it that's what i heard but i was like right this doesn't sound quite right so like, i'll, I'll start with qui-gon but yes right i want your thoughts so number one I don't think it's because, you know, Qui-Gon died because he wasn't afraid of death. Um, because I, I would argue in that moment, in episode one, he is afraid to die. Hmm. Because as it's been said by I don't know how many different people, that fight scene between Anakin and Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul is dubbed the Duel of Fates. It's not the fate of, of Qui-Gon. It's not the fate of Obi-Wan. It's not the fate of Darth Maul. It is the fate of Anakin. You know? Mm. And Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan lose that fight. They lose the duel of fates. Darth Maul, though he quote-unquote dies, right? If you're only watching live action, right? Dies. Mm -hmm. Darth Maul wins that duel. Because the fate of Anakin in that fight is... Who's going to raise him? Mm -hmm. How is he going to be raised? Who is going to teach him? And at that time, the only person that could raise Anakin properly and teach him properly to where he doesn't fall to the dark side in episode three is Qui-Gon. Yeah. Obi-Wan does his best, as we see, you know, throughout episodes two and three, did his best to raise Anakin as best as he could, you know, in the Jedi Code and all that, but Obi-Wan's not prepared for that stuff. He's not in one with the Force, the way Qui-Gon is. And obviously, if Darth Maul would have won, Anakin would have gone to the dark side anyways. <laughs> Just a lot oh, sooner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so with that, Qui-Gon knows that as well, right? Qui-Gon knows his apprentice. Qui-Gon yeah. knows the rest of the Order. Qui-Gon knows himself. Qui-Gon knows that if he dies, the galaxy is screwed in terms of the Chosen One. Like, Qui-Gon is... True. He, he knows that he is Anakin's best chance. And so I would argue Qui-Gon would fight harder to not die in that instance. Mm. Uh, I kind of made a joke of his, you know, location, location, location. But I do think that's a big factor in it. Because if you watch episode one, where Qui-Gon gets stabbed, it's lower abdomen, upward angle, center of back. Yeah. And so not only is he getting hit through, you know, let's say his stomach, but he's getting his stomach, probably a lung or two or lung, if not both, depending on, you know, again, location of it. Um, and probably honestly does damage to the spine as well. Yeah. You know, and all of that. Whereas if we look at, like you said, Sabine, she gets caught in the side. Yeah, it was now not granted. A... She, there's some organs there, but yeah, but she gets caught in the side. It's not going through like, her heart or her lungs or, you know, like destroying her bowels and all this other crazy stuff right. that, can ha that could happen. Right. Um, yeah. if we look at Re uh, Reva, 
I would argue the dark side has some play in it, as we see with Darth Maul when we watch Clone Wars or uh, the sequel trilogy with Palpatine. Or if you even look at Legends, because a lot of people had a problem with Palpatine coming back in, in the sequel trilogy. Well, Palpatine comes back in the Legends as well. <laughs> mm. You know, in, in the comics and stuff, Palpatine comes back in the comics as well. And people will swear by the comics and said they have all this great material for the comics, you know, that they didn't use in the sequel trilogy. Well, they used some of it. <laughs> you know, they did. I know I'm still saying the sequel trilogy is not very good, but, <laughs> you know, so don't, yeah. don't let me, don't take me, you know, don't misunderstand there. Um, but even with Reva, though, now, Herbie, as a child, I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. Right. There's no way she has any connection with the dark side of the force. And there's no way she's strong enough in the dark side of the force at that no. time. And that, that's where it kind of started falling apart for me. But right. then even now thinking about your points, mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, mm, not quite. Now, Reva in the Kenobi series, mm-hmm. I could see how the dark side would influence that. And she survives that one. That one I get. Same thing with the Grand Inquisitor. I get, you know, mm-hmm. Palpatine says in episode three, the dark side is a path to many, or no, abilities many abilities, some seen as unnatural. Right. You know, um, so those ones I get. Um, yeah, the one that just doesn't make sense to me is little kid Rava, unless Anakin just had horrible aim. Maybe he had like an eyelash in his eye and he was off target. Uh, you know, maybe some like youngling ashes caught in his eyeball or something. I don't know. <laughs> youngling ashes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, so like that one, you know, the little kid one doesn't make sense to me. But but the other ones, yes, predominantly they're, they're uh, dark side, um, you know, surviving this. Um, yeah. But another point I've seen with the whole, you know, lightsaber step to the, you know, the stomach or what have you. And how a lot of people want like they shouldn't be alive is like think of the heat of a lightsaber. Like we watched quite on episode one. Well, well, not just cauterizing because the whole thing with the heat, we watch um, Qui-Gon cutting a hole through blast doors Mm -hmm. in a ship in episode one. Um, And then when they close the blast doors completely, he just jams it in there unless the heat melt it. Right? Yeah. Um, We watch Luke cut off Darth Vader's robotic hand with a lightsaber. Like, quick, sweet, mm-hmm. done, right? Um, you, you, uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. And I mean, I guess for Wars, that matter, we see, we see get chopped down all the time. Uh, we see, like, Yoda cut completely through one of the AAT tanks for the well, but also, And going off of what you're saying, too, like, even thinking to this series alone, how she cut a hole in that chamber. Right. So I guess, yeah. And how quickly she does it. Lightsabers are extremely hot, obviously. So not only... I mean, if it's a quick in and out, like half a second, sure, cauterize, no problem. But in all of these stabbing scenes throughout all of Star Wars, right, including Sabine Wren, it's not a quick in and out. It's an in, hold it for a second, two seconds, three seconds, then pull it out. What is that heat doing yeah, to all true. those internal kind organs? All that blood. your organs yeah. as well. Yeah. And... I would argue as well that if I think if we took if if you took a stopwatch and timed it, how long the lightsaber is in someone's body, I think Qui-Gon has the lightsaber in his body when he gets stabbed the longest. Yeah, maybe. 
So not only is he stabbed through vital organs and potentially hitting his spine, I believe Darth Maul's saber is in Qui-Gon longer than any other scenes. So it's just doing all that extra damage from the heat. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. That makes sense, I guess. Um, but yeah, the, the one outlier is still Rave, little kid Raven. That one I, I still don't understand. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, this works for all the other stab scenes, but but that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, I, I I just had this thought. I don't know why. Oh, uh, it just came to my mind. Sorry. Thinking back to Rave as a little kid, and then her coming back again and getting stabbed by Darth Vader again. Uh, my mind just went to Thanos with Thor. You should have gone for the head. <laughs> I'm just like, Anakin, you should have gone for the head. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, the last little like note that I wrote down and the last thing that I noticed was actually way earlier on. Well, in my notes, um, mm. it got to the end of the episode of Ahsoka. Mm. So episode two. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, wait a minute. Hera has a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of where's forgot little, about where's that. Where's the little shit? <laughs> yeah, Jason somewhere in there. Wasn't that his name? That they I, I don't remember. I don't know if they ever named him. They did, but I don't recall what his... I thought it was Jason or something like that. Um, I, I, so that was the last thing that I noticed. I was just like, yeah. wait a minute. I wonder where he's at. I, I'm thinking of the timeline now as well. Because Rebels ends, not not including that last scene, which we now know ends after the fall of the Empire, right? Um, yeah. Rebels, in terms of the Rebellion versus the Empire, ends, what, five, five years before episode four? <clears throat> so around the end of Rebels was one BBY. The entirety of it takes place, I think, from five to one. Okay, so five to one. So let's go one year, one uh, one BBY. Um, Ezra's how old? Thirteen, at that point, roughly. Yeah. Right. Uh, Sabine, I believe, is probably sixteen or seventeen. She, yeah. I think she's a little older than Ezra. Um, Hera would be. Early to mid mid twenties, because we see Hera in Bad Batch yeah. as a kid. So Hera's mid twenties, kid, but younger. Right. Um, well, no, no, she she's a kid she in kid. in she was in yeah. uh, Bad Batch. Bad Batch, yeah. I remember. And then that. Ahsoka would be what mid thirties. Now, yeah. Oh well, during during Rebels, yeah. Yeah, during Rebels, she would be mid thirties. I think she's like seventeen or eighteen. At the end of the the Clone Clone Wars, Wars, she's out of your age range. And now, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, she was like seventeen or eighteen at the end. At the end of the, at the end of the show. uh, So, um, if we watch Tales of the Jedi, where we see Ahsoka, um, where she kills that one Inquisitor, she's probably nineteen ish. Yeah, you know. Uh, so Ahsoka would be like late, mid to late thirties, probably thirty-eight, thirty-nine, mm-hmm. right? Somewhere in there. By the time uh, the Battle of Yavin happens, 
So at this point in the the Ahsoka show, she's what, like 44, 45? Yeah. Right around there? Yeah, somewhere in there. And then if you extend this as well, another, let's say, 15 years to the sequel trilogy, she's, what, 60s? Yeah. So I still argue Ahsoka's alive by the end of The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I mean, more than likely. <laughs> also, so pe- people argue she's not because you hear her voice. Can I ask you something? At the end of that one. At any point throughout trying to figure out people's ages, were you in the vicinity of a point? What do you mean? I don't understand where you were going with it. <laughs> it it's, it's something that I'm always thinking about when it comes to these shows and we well, have these yeah, characters. Yeah, you're trying to guess if it's okay to be thinking about them the way that you think no, about them. No, that's Jacob, why you're that always is not. Like, you are old, trying to make me seem like a creep. How old is Hera's kid? And you need to stop you know, it. You... Hera's son would be like, let's see. I mean, End of Rebels, like he's like... Okay, and then we tack on... Uh, five years for four, five, and six. Tack on another seven years. He's like 14, 15-ish. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, I don't know if you have any closing comments, but I'm through my um, notes, my things I pointed mm-hmm. out, and I don't yeah. know if you have anything. That's why I'm asking now. But I think that we'd probably be nearing the end. Um, about it overall. <laughs> oh, um, that weird ship that Morgan is having built. Oh, yes. Where yeah. they're taking all the slip or the all the um, hyperdrives Hyper and yep. yeah, that that's interesting. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think it is. It's just a very large and stronger light speed thing to dock like a you know something in and try to transport to that maybe not even necessarily dock in i don't know but it's something to get them to where they that yeah different far away galaxy yeah and that makes me wonder too because morgan even talks about these visitors from a far distant galaxy thousands of years ago that built this temple yada 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 yeah and that does make me think of the zepho from uh-huh. Jedi survivor and fallen order. Yeah. That makes me think of them. I'm really, I'm, I'm insanely intrigued because even thinking about them, but whatever it it is, it's something we haven't seen before. Right. It's something we haven't seen before, but then it also makes me wonder about the Yuzong Vong from the comics from legends. Hmm. Cause the Yuzong Vong are a race from a different galaxy that are resistant to the force. Mm. And the whole thing with Palpatine and legends is he started the clone wars and built the empire and all that preparing for the Yuzon Vong invasion. Hmm. He wanted the galaxy strong standing as one, obviously with him ruling to repel the Yuzon Vong invasion and the legends the Yuzong Vong invade during the events of Canon seven or eight, nine, and ten or seven, eight, and nine. Twenty years or thirty years after uh, the fall of the Empire, hmm. and in the Yuzong Vong invasion, 
It is the New Republic. If I'm not mistaken, the New Republic fighting the remnants of the Empire, fighting the Yuzong Vong, fighting the uh, criminal criminal organizations that have come together. Hmm. And so it makes me wonder, because we see Boba Fett bringing the criminal, criminal organizations together. We see the New Republic at the height of its power. Hmm. We see the remnants of the Empire coming back up, looking for their leader, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who in Legends was leading the remnants of the Empire against the Yuuzhan Vong. So I'm wondering if we're going to see the uh, Yuuzhan Vong invasion sooner than what was done in Legends. That's interesting. Obviously, we're venturing and I'm into wondering as well. Here, but like, I'm wondering as know. well if Morgan is not going. If, I'm wondering if she's going to accidentally find the Yuuzhan Vong looking for Thrawn and lead them to this galaxy. Ooh, I'm looking up pictures, see what these things look like, and what the heck they look like. Those freaking <laughs> what are those things that the Falmer and Skeptic? That's an interesting. That's yeah. a that's a cool thought. I don't know. I I'm not too knowledgeable so, on legends. I don't know that those kind of things. But yeah, just and if so I were it really to, makes me wonder because like all the pieces are lining up. You know, saying. all the pieces are lining up. We've got the criminal criminal organizations under Boba Fett coming together. We've got the New Republic at this power. The remnants of the Empire coming forth. You know, having their plans and all that. The search for. Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Huh. It really makes me wonder if 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 Dave Filoni and them are gonna bring the Yuuzhan Vong from Legends to Canon. That'd be pretty cool. Because and you still have Luke out there doing his thing as well, and Luke fights against the Yuuzhan Vong in Legends as well, and he struggles fighting them because they're so resistant to the Force. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And he. I, I, yeah, where he's at right now, even. Mm-hmm. Building his Obviously, temple. Obviously, it would be earlier than right. what you had said, but... Huh. Uh, and then, you I mean, you also have the Mandalorians in The Mandalorian retaking Mandalore and right, trying to reestablish their people on their home planet. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I, I, I mean, like... Uh... Granted, in terms of canon... War is obviously coming at some point anyways because of episode 7, 8, and 9. But the way all of these factions are popping up, you know, gathering their strength, gathering their forces, you know, trying to dig into their strongholds, all this stuff, it seems like war is coming sooner than the First Order showing up. Hmm. And I mean, they've got... I guess 23 more years now. Yeah. Before the first order shows up and the events of episode seven happens. So, I mean, there's plenty of time to have a Yuzong Vong war go off with all of these different groups. And I, I can, I could see Ahsoka and Hera, Zeb, Ezra, Sabine. I could see them partaking in it. And with Sabine being Mandalorian, I could see bringing in Mando and the Mandalorians with uh, Satine, or not Satine, with um, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. 
And with those Mandalorians popping up and the connection that Mando has with Boba Fett, I could see him being brought in because of that. Uh, I could see the New Republic being pulled in because of, you know, being the New Republic and also Hera being a general of the New Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the Empire with Thrawn and the animosity between Thrawn and the crew of the Ghost. You know, I mean, it, it's all setting. It, it's getting set up. I can see it happening. Yeah, whether it does or not, who knows? But that, no, that makes sense. And I would even wonder, too, that if those movies that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that they've been working on, I'm wondering if they're going to do all the setup in these TV shows and one of these movies is going to be the war actually Hmm. kicking off and happening. I mean, who knows? But that'd be cool. I think that'd be really cool. They they do all the you know the setup and stuff in these TV shows with great storylines, with great characters that we know and love, new characters introduced, you know. Yeah. And they have this big old movie that comes out in theaters, you know, to give us the Yuzong Vong War with all these characters all brought together. I think that would be so cool. And that's that's my running theory of what's of what's going to happen. Uh, Interesting. And if they don't do a movie with it, I, I foresee some big crossover, mm, you know, yeah. between like Book of Boba Fett, and Mando, yeah. Ahsoka. Um, I know they were, they had talked about they're doing going to be doing a show for Bo-Katan as well. Oh, um, I didn't hear that. So I, I could see them taking all these shows once they've established them, bring them all together and have like a four episode crossover similar to um, the Arrowverse with Arrow, Flash, yeah. Supergirl, all of them. Where in those shows they do like part one takes place in Arrow, part two takes place in The Flash, part three takes place in Supergirl. I can see them doing something uh, like that where like part one takes place in Mando, part two takes place in Ahsoka, part three takes place in uh, Book really, of Boba Fett. I feel like kind of weird to try to balance. Right. Well, and it, it would be like, um, like, uh, it wouldn't be to where you only follow Ahsoka in the part that takes place in Ahsoka, right? You would still see all the other characters and it would jump back and forth between all yeah. of them, but it'd be something to show that these are all tied together. Yeah. You know. But I'm saying like trying to balance all those shows would be kind of right. Interesting. But. Well, and because the Arrowverse, they call it Arrowverse because it started with the Arrow show. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. You know, they do it that way and they, they have like Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl. Um, they have Black Lightning. Um, they just started another one, I think, a year or two ago with um, a Superman one with the actor that plays Superman in that show or in, in those shows for some of the crossovers they do. Uh, and and they, they find a way to balance some of that stuff, you know, mm. to where it's not too hectic and and you know these different parts flow into one another very well and and whatnot um but i I think that'd be a cool way to go about it and and that's my theory my my theory for closing closing comments is we're gonna see some sort of yuzong vong war if not yuzong vong then it's gonna be a giant war against the remnants of the empire yeah but i'm hoping it's yuzong vong because it'd be so freaking cool (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I am sweating because it is very hot where I'm at and I am eager to open that door and enter into AC because it is a window unit and it's not in here. Um, 
and I don't have any more notes. I think you wrapped up your closing thoughts there. Um, if you, any of the listeners have, have stuck around this long, first off, thank you. You are a trooper. <laughs> uh, we love you. Um, if you are around now, let us know your thoughts. This was obviously a bit different of a format. It was, you know, all over the place, but it was more of a, I mean, this is the kind of discussion that, that Evan and I would have having just watched a new show, a new part of yeah. a show and immediately called each other, <laughs> you know, um, I always have to wait for Jacob to call because I always end up watching it first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, but let, let us know what you think. Um, be sure to leave us, you know, a review, uh, on Spotify, uh, written review on apple you can email us message whatever check out yeah the youtube channel is is star wars so mm. we, we also cover other uh topics here but you know um i don't know of anything else just uh definitely give us some input on what you think of this style it's just kind of rattling on in a way but also do you enjoy hearing that sort of stuff i don't know <sighs> bye Deuces!